Welcome to Conversations with Ask Ash. Conversations with Ask Ash focuses on people, processes, and outcomes. Ashley dives into everyday conversations around work efficiency, team productivity, and project execution. Let's get into the show. And now, your host, Ashley Schuler. Ashley Schuler. Ashley Schuler. What's happening, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Ask Ash. If you haven't been tuning in or if you don't know, this is a very special season. This is called the Impact Season, in which I'm interviewing some of my favorite people who are really doing dynamic and impactful work in industry, whether that is copywriting, whether that is in um, education, whether that is in social media marketing um, or, or in ministry. Too. Um, we have some individuals that are doing something unique, doing something special. And I just have um, just a great friend who has given so much time and so much energy um, and, and actually responded to a random LinkedIn request <laughs> years ago, like almost three years ago, um, where I mess- messaged this individual and I said, hey, I said, I see you do some copywriting. And I was like, I need to learn. I need to learn. And so I was in the mode of where do I find the resources? And so I, I want to and invite you all to listen to this discussion today. Um, definitely Definitely go and follow this individual. Individual we have Sierra Ca, who is a fantastic. Um, it's it's not even just um, fantastic with words, but just knows how to really use words and really match them to the appropriate person, the service, and that it's so customized that it fits their audience and fits their business so well that really um, everything just jumps out the inbox. Literally, whether it's money, whether it's the people. <laughs> and um, I'm excited because Sierra has an amazing story. Um, and we're going to get this thing started. Sierra, welcome to the show. So happy you're here. Thank you for having me. It's, it's so funny. I remember listening to a couple of episodes and I'm like, when Ash going to put me on there? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and I'm so happy to like see the, the growth. Like you said, we've known each other for quite some time. So I love you finally like got the groove because you used to be like, I don't know if I should do this or do that. And now you got it. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and I appreciate being here. Oh man, no, no, this is so good. I remember uh, one of the last time you were talking and you were you said hey Ashley I love that um one-liner that you had in your IG bio and literally when I was meeting with some people and we were talking about business updates I said hey I said you know what somebody said and this is not just anybody I said Sierra said I'm on my way I said (laughs) I said I said so I'm making so I said this week I'm making some strides so I'm just super excited um to have this conversation um Sierra one of the things that I've been so fascinated by in terms of natural gifts, in terms of talents, is knowing when people know exactly when something's different, like something is different with what I've been gifted with. Did you know that you were 
someone that loved to write, that you were great with words? What actually stood out to you when you knew when you were five, when you knew when you were a teenager? <laughs> yeah. So I will say I realized I had it. I like I so I legit won my first writing contest like in second grade. But I, it was like I, I didn't know that this was like the, the beginning of, of something that would take me where I am now. But wow. I realized that um, I was pretty damn good. Um, when I was in high school, actually, I took the initiative. I love sports. Um, I love sports and music. And you'll see it like in my content, I talk about a lot of them together. But I took the initiative to start um, our sports section in our newspaper because we didn't have one. And we had all great teams. I'm like, why is our school paper everything but sports? So my journalism teacher was like, well, create it. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> so right. I, I had the opportunity to not only start this section, but everything I was reading, like people was like, this is the way you put it together is it makes it more interesting than what it typically would be. Like the way you explain um, the last five minutes of a game, like I can see it. And the first time somebody told me that, I was like, oh, okay. So now it's like in my mind, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. I won this journalism scholarship, um, had a, a super great journalism internship, and it was boring. Um, I did not like writing for newspapers. Um, you know, fast forward, I'm still on journalism scholarship. I get in college. I do everything but study. <laughs> I get kicked out, academic probation. But one of the cool things I had the opportunity of doing, because I still was a journalism major, um, I met a really great friend. He's still a good friend now named Will, who was writing for like Double XL, um, The Source. He was writing for magazines. And I'm like, like, how did you? And it's so funny. I laugh now because I, I asked him, like, put me on. He's like, I just can't do that. Like, I, I just can't put <laughs> you on. And I still don't remember how I ended up getting a hold of his editor's information. And I did like a mock interview of someone I wanted to interview and I sent him the story. And he literally like was like, I'm, I'm going to try you out. Number one, he was like, number one, I like your tenacity because it took him like 10 emails to actually reply. Um, number two, he was like, I like your initiative. And when I wrote my first double XL piece and I saw the byline and he was like, nobody has ever that I've never known from a can of paint ever turned anything of this caliber. I'm like, OK, this like I'm pretty good at it. But, you know, life. Then I stopped writing because, I, you know, I started researching journalists don't make that much money. Right. Uh, so I stopped writing, got into an advertising class and they started talking about this thing called copywriting um, and how it was important back then. It was like magazines, billboards, mailers. The internet still wasn't what it is now. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I studied it a little bit. And then when I left college for good, got pregnant with my first son. That's when I started noticing the shift in the internet. And I'm like, okay, let me study this thing for real, for real, because maybe I could still make money writing. And um, yeah, the, the rest the rest is history. But I, I think I realized I was actually a really good story storyteller when I was in high school. And then when it comes to what I do now, it's when everybody started, when all of my clients started saying, yo, that sounds just like me. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm doing something different from other copywriters. Because that's honestly the number one right. When I take on new clients is, you know, I tried this copywriter out, but it sounded nothing like me. So a lot of the things they were saying, I would never say. Um, and that's kind of been my claim to fame outside of, you know, conversions and things like that. So yeah. point to make is that, you know, we as our entrepreneurs like you know we're thinking you know just in terms of we can just write anything or look at something and say okay well I can do that but it's also this aspect like you said there's this art to it where it's how do I make sure that my message sounds like me you know and how do how do I do that and so as you started working with uh, with clients because I I know that at one point you know I you were also doing teachings on like you know how you do the social media copy piece of it mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you also you also talk um, in, in recent um, in a recent call, I think a few a few months ago, where you were talking about, hey, like you have to like niche down and understand like who you actually serve. And so when did that become apparent for you in terms of like who that you serve? And then how did you translate that to other people and teaching them that? Yeah, that's that's a great question, actually, because when I first started, um, you know, like everybody else brand new in business, it's like whoever can pay me, I'm taking on. Um, and, and that, you know, I started to slowly but surely weed things out. So right. it was like, OK, who do I actually like working with? I did not like working with like clothing brands or beauty brands, like directly like companies who are just selling products directly. Um, and it's so funny because now I've kind of pinned it as like, how did how do you identify what I like to call an easy win client? So I started to pay attention to, um, first of all, the impact. Like, what is this client selling and who is it impacting and on what level? Right. That was like the first thing I, I didn't like selling like seven, ten dollar you know, hair products or, you know, teach nothing wrong with it. But it's just like, I felt like my gift was was created for a stronger impact when it comes to the product or the service. So I, you know, stopped doing that. Um, obviously got a great opportunity to work with the number one motivational speaker in the world. And during that time, that's when I was like, okay, I really, really enjoy working with people who are in the coaching and consulting space. Um, number one, it, it was a huge, it made a huge impact on my life. I know how important it was and it's something I'm passionate about. The the, the second thing was when I started working with just like general entrepreneurs, most of them aren't really coachable. <laughs> so coaches and consultants are extremely coachable and it's like they they get what they hired you to do and they worry about what they're going to do and they let you do what you do. Obviously not if there's an issue, you know, they'll bring it up. But I think because they're already coachable, it makes them super easy to work with. Now they are way more data driven. Um, you can't just tell a culture consultant something and they just going to take it at face value unless they extremely trust you, you know, out the gate. Um, so, and then the, the third factor, especially, you know, when, if you're in a position to where as a copywriter or as a service provider, you're trying to charge a higher ticket. The biggest question I had to answer was how long would it take to get an ROI? Working with clients who were selling lower ticket products, like my integrity was just like, it's going to take them too long to turn, you know, to get their investment back in terms of what I'm charging. When I can go work with a culture consultant who's selling a 3000 $5,000, $10,000 program, if, we, if you sell one of those, in an email a week, you done paid me for the month. So you're not tripping, especially if we do a multiple emails. So that's how it, it would, and it would, it took me some time. Like I think I didn't niche down for real, for real until, um, so this is 2021. Summer of 2019 is when I was like, you know what? Like this is it. Coaches and consultants, minimum product or service has to be, well, it used to be minimum 1500. Now your minimum product or service has to be like within the $2,500 range, just so that it can make sense, especially for, you know, the few clients that I still take on for done for you services. So how did I, that's how I got there. But those are three questions like everybody should ask themselves: like, who can I get the results with the fastest? Who do I actually like working with? And um, how, like, it does it, does it impact the people that I want to impact? Brought that up and just in terms of like making that decision. And I think that I know that it's like for myself is, you know, we can get into the um, analysis paralysis, like, oh, is this mm -hmm. the right move or not? But at the same time though, making that decision 
Um, does it mean that that's like, okay, I'm going to work with this particular avatar, this particular individual. And then maybe as you are growing, you go ahead and you can tra- transition into other things. So I love that aspect of it. When you're starting to work with clients, are do they know exactly what they want to say? Do they know their voice? Do they know who their particular audience is? Or is that process, you know, something that you help them develop? Yeah. So some of them do and some of them, you know, don't, right? Um, one of my current favorite, well, all of my clients are my favorite clients, but one of my one of my clients who I feel like is really, really strong in understanding who he is, what he's here to do, and who he's here to impact is Wall Street Trapper. Um, he teaches people how to invest. And like I remember our first conversation, I was like, he gets it already. And I can by the questions that I ask people, um, you know, during the process where I'm trying to decide if I want to work with them, I can gauge like how in tune they are with their audience because that's super important. How you speak to your audience is also the way that I have to create for them. So I have to, you have to know before I know. If, if we both don't know, then there's going to be a problem. Um, but it, you know, that process, there's a, a boatload of questions that I ask. Um, obviously, I study the con- their content like a hawk, whether it's YouTube videos, their Instagram. Um, I pay attention to the comments. I pay attention to what platforms um, they're on and what platforms they're not on. And then the, the real question is, especially for clients who are in a position to where they're like scaling and they're scaling fast like a Wall Street trapper is, okay, this is where you are, but where are we going? Are we staying here and we're just expanding or are we going up and wide? Because up and wide means... Okay, maybe we don't use as many um, drug analogies. We keep some, but maybe we don't keep, you know, the 20 we would use if we were just staying within our community and just spreading wide. But if you want to go up and we're trying to touch the, you know what I mean, the the other communities, then we have to strategize a little bit differently in terms of, and that doesn't mean stop being you. It just means be you, but be you with, with the thought process in mind of where you're going which that, mm-hmm. that comes with having a vision for the brand and, and for what you want to do. Um, but I love Trap because he's always like, nah, <laughs> like, let's, 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 keep it funky. let's keep it funky. So, yeah. I love that. And I, I think that's r- super important because you brought up something that was really good. When we're thinking about like our own brand should as you're approaching like interviewing copywriters and working with them should you just know like who you are as a brand before you're even looking into getting someone to do the writing for you is that is sort of like the cart before the horse uh that's a really great question i don't so who you are as a brand um you know this this topic of branding i'm not gonna lie y'all i'm still it, it it's a touch it's not touchy but it's it's so much that goes into it i think the most important thing you should be able to articulate is the actual transformation you provide because to me like the brand is like you know how you're putting yourself in front of the people the solution and the transformation is what's most absolutely important when it comes to your messaging and when it comes to when you should start outsourcing it i think you you should start outsourcing it when you can look at another piece of copywriting whether it's yours or someone else and determine whether or not it's good you know we're we're all trying to get in positions where we just want to be the CEO. CEO and do, you know, the three or four things CEOs do, but you can't outsource something you don't understand. Right. You just, it's, it's just not wise. You don't even know what you're looking at. And messaging and copy, like that's part of your marketing. So it's extremely important. I don't, I think, I think the only client, well, two clients, but they, they both were kind of anomalies. Um, Yeah, they're both anom- anomalies. I'm thinking about Dave and E. 
Dave is a really great copywriter. He just doesn't know it because he never had to physically write it. But Dave is a great copywriter because he knows how to sell from the stage. He knows how to present things, even in the most subtle ways. He knows how to speak about features versus benefits, where a lot of entrepreneurs who are selling something can't even tell you the difference between those two when it comes to their product or service. So it's something that if, if you have a business, you know how people say you don't have a choice, you got to learn how to sell? With copywriting, you, you need to know the basics at bare minimum. And when I say basics, meaning knowing how to talk about your, the benefits, not the features, knowing how to put together a simple headline, being able to identify the pain points that your ideal client has, and then being able to show them how you take them from their current reality to their preferred reality. It's like, it's literally that simple when I say the basics. I hope yeah. that, did that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You you answered it perfectly because that must, and this is what I'm thinking, because when you were doing some workshops, um, man, that either last year, yeah. sometime <laughs> that you were doing those, were those some of the common themes that you were seeing was those features and those benefits? Um, because when you're doing some of those webinars and really, you know, teaching those basics, was yeah. that what you were seeing from people? Um, I was seeing a lot of that. And I was seeing a lot of people like literally just just not just not properly articulating the transformation. And it goes back to a question that I ask everybody that I talk to, even the uh, clients that I coach on Wednesdays. It's like, what is it that your ideal client actually wants? What is it that they want? And it's, it's not it's OK if you don't know. But what you don't want to do is assume. So you like. What is it that they actually want? Even when I first started, um, you know, I'm a copywriter, so I'm a copywriter. And I'm like, okay, but most entrepreneurs don't still don't really know what that means. It's like, how about I speak to the transformation, which is how now on my bio, you see, I help coaches and six figure, six and seven figure coaches and consultants increase their revenue and convert more of their prospects into clients. Like that's the transformation. How I do it is the use of copywriting. Most people talk about their process, mm, not the result. Right. That, that's where people get tripped up at. And like, don't get me wrong. It's cool to say you're a brand strategist, but what does that mean though? What does it mean? And I think that I think that's really, I think that's really on point because that's when I had to do the digging just to know, okay, well, here's what you do. You or you have your process. So how do you begin to talk about transformation? And really, and 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 honestly, it is a matter of consciously, even with social media, even with things that you're putting out. Now you can have a variety of things, right? Do stuff for entertainment, do you know, you can make it light. Um, but I think that's really important to be able to articulate what this transformation piece is. Now, um, just in terms of some of your your methods, now you taught this, um, and I'm just going to let you kind of go through um, and share with us like the, the those key methods. But when I first heard about it, I said, now, why did she call it like that? I just thought it was too funny. Um, but can you talk to us about one, like one of your signature um, methods that you use with your clients? So I thought this yeah. was wild, but it was good. <laughs> No, it's, no it, it's so funny. It's, it's the same thing that I, I literally teach every single day. I, um, but yeah, it's the SVP method, right? Which is having a sniper-like mentality, uh, being able to bring people out with attention-grabbing headlines and being able to paint the picture to take people to the promised land, which the promised land for your ideal client is their preferred reality or the transformation you provide. You can say it a number of different ways, but that's what it is. So um, when it comes to sniper-like mentality, it's getting in the habit of literally 
literally sitting down and writing for the one perfect person, not the group, not the, you know, the pool of people, but like just create that one perfect person and write for them. I promise you it'll work better than sitting down trying to write for, you know, if just let's just say you're targeting doctors. If you're trying to think about every single doctor that's that's in a room, you're going to get scatterbrained. Just create the perfect doctor for your perfect product or your perfect service. And that, so that's the sniper uh, part of it. Bring them out, meaning having engaging and compelling enough subject lines for your emails, um, even the name of your IGTV videos. Like I'll literally go to somebody's page and, and I'll watch, look at the IGTV videos. But if the titles are kind of like, eh, I won't watch it. So even keeping that in mind, like creating compelling enough um, video titles, uh, same thing for like your landing pages. If you're at the point where you're sending someone to a landing page to download something, your Facebook ad headlines. That's the bring them out part. You, you got to get their attention in order for them to do what you want them to do and then taking them to the promised land. That's just what we just talked about. You have to be able to paint that picture. Even if even if you're not writing all the time, you got to be able to paint the picture on a webinar, on a video, whatever you're doing to try to get people to take some sort of action, you have to be able to articulate that process. So that's, that's, the, that's the signature method, if you will. <laughs> No, I love that. This, um, the bring them out, um, I think was one of the things that I, I try to keep in mind, uh, in terms of just what are those attention grabbing like headlines, right? That are just going to capture somebody's attention. And so I know for, for yours, um, every time I'm seeing it pop up, I'm seeing that's, that's exactly what it is. So every time I see like one of your emails, I'm like, boom, let me open it up. Like, what is it? What does it say? Um, it sometimes be extremely controversial. But, I yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that that's the that's the piece of it. Um, but or even, you know, even something as simple as like, you know, when someone says, you know, here's like here's an invoice for you. I'm like, oh, really? You know, I'm just like, so so I'm so I'm opening that up. So I, I totally get that piece of it. Um, I wanted to know, you know, just in terms of you know, there's so many different types of, you know, I guess to differentiate between like sales copy, launch copy, like social media copy, are all of those go hand in hand or does a different voice have to go with each, you know? And so I, you know, cause sometimes I'm like looking at sales copy, but then, you know, there's launch, but is it, is it all in one ecosystem? I would say it is all in one ecosystem. Um, and when you're sitting down to write whichever piece that it is, the first question you need to ask yourself is what do what what do I want this reader to do and and especially when it comes to like social media right do I want them to click the link in my bio do I want them to comment do I want them to just sit and think but the same thing now obviously with launch copy the goal is to depending on what type of launch you're doing is to you know register for something then actually attend that thing and then actually stay on for the whole time and then buy whatever your offer is at the end I think a a lot of times though um, people sell the wrong phase of the process in in certain types of copy, if I said that correctly. So for example, a lot of my clients, I help them build uh, a typical funnel, right? And this funnel is, is started with the use of Facebook ads. So we go from ad to landing page to a video sales letter to asking them to book an enrollment call. But what some people will do is try to sell the program in the ad. You, you don't want to do that. So your ad, your ad is selling them on clicking to go to the landing page. The landing page headline is selling them on actually opting in to watch the video. The video is selling them on then going to book the enrollment call. And then you sell your program on the enrollment call where a lot of people make a mistake 
is, um, even I'll just use social media. You're trying to sell the program in the caption, but is is that the way your funnel flows? So, you know, and, I, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself now that I'm bringing funnels into it, but it really just depends on what you want that this particular person to do. Um, and But it is all encompassing. It's just depending on wh- where are you in, in the process of, of the customer journey, which I know you love talking about. <laughs> so it's part of it. And I think what's, what's missing um, a lot of times from the perspective of the customer journey, where we need to kind of understand all the facets of it. Like, you know, like you have the Dipsado, you know, you have that proposal. But then, you know, I was just talking like on a recent live about the having project management and how how do you have a process for actually working on deliverables and sending them out. But then there's this aspect of which you just said, which is the copy piece in, in terms of drawing your clients in. And that's a part of that lead management. So what, mm-hmm. you know, like you just said, how do you want your particular clients and your customers to be coming in? You know, what does that right. look like? And I think, you know, you know, there are, are various parts that they're never, um, it's never worked upon, like, you know, in one sitting, you know, it's, it, it develops over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So I think it's a, that's a super, really good point. I wanted to ask too that when you, in terms of, you know, niching down, you know, you're in your stride in terms of like your clients, you know, when in terms of, in terms of vision, and I kind of want to get into some habits that you've, that you've shared previously about like this morning routine thing that you got, mm-hmm. got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, because first of all, I, I don't know someone that, someone who reads as much as you, and I guess it's maybe because you have the pen, I don't know, but you read a lot. And I'm like, you know, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to make you through the one book and be like, you know, please let me do this in a month. But you are, you're reading, you're reading a lot. And so talk to, talk to me about the type of books that you read and some of your, and some of, and, and how does that play a role in some of your vision and so in sort of your life and in your work? Yeah. So this year I started this thing because, so last year, it's so weird. I think over the last probably three years, every year I kind of start off with like an area of focus that I want to improve on or like I'm like I so to be make it simple, I read books like with a purpose, right? But now I'm in this zone where I used to always keep a personal development book. But the last three that I've read, I'm like, okay, you know, how much what where I'm I'm at a place now where it's like I think my habits in my circle hold me extremely accountable for how I perform and how I keep my mindset. So it's like now when it comes to personal development books, it's like I keep the Jim Rohn, um, the Jim Rohn collection in the in the audio in the car. But outside of that, it's like I'm not really looking for another personal development book. So now I read books to solve problems. So to be honest, a book I just picked up yesterday. Let me grab it. Um, like I'm in this space where I've been blessed to learn how to make a good amount of money. But I spend a lot of it as well. <laughs> so, so so it's like, okay, I need to let me learn about let me learn more about investing. Let me more about learn more about budgeting. Let me learn more about um like how to put together the proper savings plan, et cetera. And that's honestly how I decide what to invest in from a business perspective, well from mm-hmm. a coach's perspective as well. Like when I go to hire a coach, it's like, okay, what problem am I looking to solve? So that I'm reading, what is it? It's right here. Hold on one second. I thought it was right here. Oh, maybe I lied. I, I got it though. <laughs> um, I literally just bought this this weekend and I almost walked out the bookstore without a book. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not even like me. Let me go find what I need. Um, Smart Women Finish Rich. Okay. Reading that. I always keep a copywriting book on hand, obviously. Um, But I, I'm kind of just going back through the classics. So always reading Dan Kennedy's Ultimate Sales Letter. I'm always reading Cash Advertising. Always reading Persuasive Copywriting. Well, 
But with copy now, it's so weird the way my brain works. It's like I see things and I just like come up with something. Or I see something and I'm like, I would have done that a different way, but I see where they were going. So when it comes to like copying messaging, my brain is always just on go. I'm, I'm sure you've even seen the difference in my own captions. It's like, but I can't help it. Right. I literally can't help it. It's like, okay, if I'm going to post this and I'm going to provide some context, like let me really peel back the layers to show my skill level and not just post, you know. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm reading though. Smart Women Finish Rich uh, in all of my copywriting books. And I think on audio, what was I listening to on audio? Let me check for you. But yeah, I did used to read just to read. Um, So I just re-listened to two, uh, two sections of The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't know if you've ever read that or not. No. That's one literally every year I read those two chapters over and over again. That is a, a phenomenal. Wow. Book. Wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. So reading and okay. So it was reading just to read before, but then, you know, changing, shifting your mindset. Now, okay, let me read to also keep myself number one accountable, you know, along with the circle. But then also what that does is that then translates to your approach to how yeah. you were doing business. So in terms of routine, um, so you're reading, what else are you, what else are you doing? Um, so I've, I've uh, adopted this, this habit that I remember when my, when my coach told me about it, I said, you want me to do what? Cause it just did not seem productive. He said, <laughs> I want you to start carving out. He said, start with the hour. I couldn't start with the hour, but now, now I think I'm still only up to like 40 minutes at a time, but it's this thing called thinking time where literally <laughs> you sit quiet, no phone, no music, computer screen down, Wow. See the paper or notebook in front of you, and you literally just think. <laughs> <laughs> and what whatever comes to your mind, you jot it down. When the thinking time session is over, you look at what you've written down. And to be honest, Ash, it's really for me, it's like therapeutic. Because mm-hmm. I keep so much up here. Don't get me yes. wrong, I still journal and write it down a lot. But like when things are happening through the day, it's almost like you do a you dump that stuff that's in your brain and now you have the capacity to take in more. It's it's kind of refreshing in a weird way. So thinking time, um, I try to do that daily, bare, bare minimum 15 minutes a day. Where like sometimes I'll just sit out here though. Like I'll just sit outside with my notebook and just jot, jot it down. Um, I'd have this thing called a morning success ritual, which is a living, breathing document that I look at every day. Um, it, I basically wrote out what I want my life to look like in five years. No, this one is three years. Mm. Um, so like, it's literally it's like good. physically, it's like Sierra say is the CEO of her clients have made, you know, X amount of dollars great. living such and such. You know, there's pictures of a couple homes I went my owning. Um, there's pictures, the picture of some Serena Williams, because I always say, Serena Williams is my body goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, it talks about just all the areas of the life, the, my relationship with my children at this time, uh, what my bank account looks like, like what my love life looks like. Um, what else is on there? Then it asks for five-year goals. No, it's three, five, seven, and ten. Um, and then there's like probably like 200 written affirmations, but I choose just like a couple to look at every day and just to, to keep them refreshed. And then the last thing, um, I I've actually recorded my own affirmations. I pop them in. Like, to be honest, I'll probably be listening to those tonight while I'm cleaning up my kitchen. But I will say the hardest thing, Ash, about like elevating is you get addicted to like getting better. Like I can't, I can't tell you like the last time. Well, sometimes my sister makes me like watch shows with her, but <laughs> it's like, but even when I'm just like watching the show, I, I find a way to mix marketing in it. Like I, I right. started watching um, Bridgerton and I'm no, like, okay. this, this is masterful marketing in this show. <laughs> 
the, the way that they had these girls literally preparing for for like this moment to, to get mm-hmm. chosen by the, the uh well it wasn't the duke the duke is in, who ended up getting the girl but I'm like, this is masterful marketing. And then the lady who was writing, I don't know if you watched it, who wrote like a little uh, town gossip paper. Great copyright. Wow. <laughs> great copyright. Wow. <laughs> so you, so, yeah, you get addicted. You get addicted. The weekends is when I kind of just like, everything is awesome. So you try to shut down the brain when it comes to through the weekend. I try, but it's, you try. it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Um, but I, I like this, like that aspect. And I think one time, I, I want to say one post that you shared where you um you still use Evernote? Were you, you still using Evernote because you were, were you writing out your prayers? I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I um I haven't used Evernote in a while, but the prayers are still in there. That's yes. the crazy part. That is the crazy. I think I started because this is when I was working in automotive and every uh-huh. night I just would at the lunch table on my phone just write things out. I was goals and everything. I still have so many journals from like 2015, 2016. And it's like, shoot, I'm living some of this right now. So wow. Journaling, journaling has always been very very it's like I, I couldn't imagine not journaling I yes because it was a part of your it's part of your story a part of how you know a part of your journey and the two, 2015 and 2016 sierra in that time you know what who were you looking up to or what were you looking for in terms of you know motivation or you know inspiration were you how are you navigating because you know you're writing these things out did that was that what kept you like moving in terms of yeah i, I get what you, um i was so two, i'm trying to think 2015 2016 it's a little bit long time ago kind of <laughs> but i can't remember what year i joined breathe you but it had to be one of those years right um so obviously i mean you know you're familiar with that atmosphere yeah you know, having the opportunity to listen to you know to et every sunday morning on the call was was a huge catalyst for the week um and then just going back and listening to some of the older videos so i think that was that was probably who i was listening to the most back then the most i wouldn't i wasn't even mixing anybody in it was just like all e all e all e and it really it, it really you know resonated with me because i'm from detroit born like the the streets that he named in a lot of his speeches i ride past all the time. The exactly. high school that he went to, my cousins went there. So for me, it was more so like, okay, someone from here, um, who, he was actually my counselor my first year of college. I probably would have graduated if I would have kept going. But, um, <laughs> you know, he worked at MSU. Right. But yeah, it was just like, you know, someone from here, nothing is something. Like, let's keep it going. And I learned very early in my personal development journey that I wasn't the type of person who could take a break from being in the right environment or having the right things. Like, mm. It's like, cause I, if I took a break, I would like go into a slump. And I remember the second time I did it, I'm like, okay, I have to keep, keep it rolling. I, I don't have a choice. It's just that the only reason why I don't, I'm not as focused on it now is because I talk to people every single day who are light years ahead of me. And that's like my daily personal development. That's like your daily. I love that. I love yeah. that. And that's, that's super important. You know, when it comes to like the things that you're writing about now, you know, because you're, you know, you've, you've grown your business um, and you're, you're, you know, working with clients that you want to work with. You're, you know, also servicing, you know, other other clients. So when you're thinking about like the future, right, and you're you're seeing that document, like what is it that you're thinking about? Like, OK, what's going to happen to me three years from now? What type of stepping stones um, that you that you'd like to share with us? 
about what you're doing for business and how you how you feel you want to transform or take over take over <laughs> into the into right. indus, into different industries what do you, you know what types of things are you thinking about um so right now and i didn't think i was ready to do it but you know this is why we have coaches they push us out of our comfort zone <laughs> yeah um, you know one of my coach he was like no i had i texted him one day and i was like huh i've managed to build a six-figure copywriting business in two years 2020 was i surpassed the six-figure mark i quit wow. my job and went full-time 2018 he said, are you serious? I said, yeah. He's, it's, and I, I'm not afraid to share numbers. He's like, so what did you make your first four year in entrepreneurship? And I have the numbers. I'm like 42,000. And he's like, what did you make your second year? And I came in like right under like 150. He's like, do you know that's like 300% or something like that? And I'm like, he's like, you people don't normally build a six figure business that fast. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. You got a lot of people on the internet talking about it, but he's like, you were literally full time. He was like, you don't think it's time for you to start teaching other copywriters and I'm like uh, do you but in my <laughs> mind I'm thinking that all copywriters were but I'm in a group uh, and it's called Black Copywriter Coalition okay a lot of a lot of them are struggling and it's but it's because they did the same thing I did at the beginning they didn't they don't understand yes you're providing a service but you still have to market yourself you still have to talk about your own transformation you still have to talk to your ideal client like people aren't just gonna be like oh that's a copywriter let me go you know no, it don't work like that. So now, um, yeah, that's that's what I want. That, that's not what I want to do. It's part of what I'm doing. And I hate having like two two sides to the business, but my coach is like, it's time. So, yeah. So it's time. So now yeah. that was time <laughs> to, you know, release all of the intellectual property, the lessons, all of the, yeah. the mistakes, all of those things. And then be a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. And then and then being able to teach those, you know, in terms of mistakes, um, what you know what has been your greatest teacher what's been your greatest yeah. teacher which time uh, and which time? funny because i actually i keep because i'm i'm going over whether or not i'm gonna start a youtube channel right but i said i i cannot <laughs> wait to talk about everything i effed up because i think people are so like everybody want to show the highlight reel and most mm-hmm. people still and you you even have people who talk about they only want to show the highlight reel but they still only show the highlight reel I'm right like, some of y'all need to get on here and tell the truth uh but i would say my greatest teacher and as ironic and cliche as this may sound, it was growing too fast. Last year, when the pandemic hit, so when the pandemic first hit, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I wasn't really tripping because I was already working from home and work from coffee shops. And from what I do and what my clients were doing, I'm like, we're all online anyway. I'm not tripping. I literally asked had maybe a day or two where everything was normal. Next thing I know, the business, like the influx in business was so much. And I didn't realize how much it actually was that it was like I was drowning. Right. Drowning in business. And then not only that, once again, I'm not just a copywriter. Like I'm running a business. It's like, okay, now it's time to delegate. But now I got to take the time to hire. I got to take the time to train. Yes. Then you hire, you train. People don't do what they say they're going to do. So now it's back on your plate but not a client is pissed and it's like it was it took me a good 60 i'm not gonna it took 60 days and losing two two clients where i'm like all right right and and losing the two clients was a blessing and a lesson because number one it allowed me to slow down and really like zoom out right not once again okay i need help who do i hire to help me like you know navigate this um so i hired my first executive assistant which was amazing um took a whole lot off of my plate but then ironically she well yeah she ended up getting promoted earlier this year so i had to hire another one um but 
yeah, that that was my greatest lesson. Like growing too fast, it's 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 like it's weird. <laughs> it is weird because you would think is there a such thing, but uh, once again, this is why it pays to have coaches on payroll. Because my coach, he literally, he said, this is actually not a bad thing. I mean, who wants to lose a client? No one. He said, when the business breaks, when you have that moment where your business literally is breaking, you're building it back to to build it wider right. and further. So now it's, you, you know what your capacity is. So now it's like, number one, let's put systems in place to not allow this to happen again. Number two, let's make a decision. How many done for you clients do you want to work with? And do you want to still want to work with them? Because so, yeah, that was a, a great, a great lesson. And I think for... For me, it was even going through that, like being worried about what people were going to think because I wasn't working with certain people anymore and not understanding that none of none of the clients that even even because so lost two clients. But like there were other clients where I literally was like, this just isn't the best working relationship anymore for a number of reasons. Uh, but just realizing that it's, it's all part of the game. It is. <laughs> It's all part of the game. The LeBron left Cleveland, went to Miami. Now he's in LA. It's it's not personal. It's business. <laughs> and at I the mean, end of the day, you have yeah. to do what's best for you and your business. That's that's one problem I still have. I sometimes worry too much about my client. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I sometimes I do. It's like, well, oh, but what about? It's like, well, that's not in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I think that's just that's just the human side, right? You know, and and I think this. I think it just speaks to how much that you want also your clients to succeed, you know, and so being able to to see that firsthand, yeah, it makes perfect sense, you know, you know, being able to, I'm like, ah, you know, I guess I put the guardrails up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but that's good though. Um, you know, Sierra, as we are, as we're wrapping up, um, want to, want to ask to like, you know, what, is, you know, what are some just tips that you want to give um, copywriters that are currently looking to build their business? Um, you know, what are some like foundational things that they need to be in- instituting or implementing things that have made an impact on your life that you know that um, will just help them? And, you know, even some things that may not be as obvious, but yeah, what are, what are some things that, you know, you could share? Um, I would say the first thing is really, really understanding like the, the value you bring and the, and the transformation you provide right um like as a copywriter you're literally like don't get me wrong the the client is the client whatever they created yes it's, it's probably amazing yes it's you know cutting edge whatever you w- want to call it but if if they never learn or if they're not good enough to get people to buy what they're selling using their own words they need you and when i and i'm saying all that to say is like stop selling yourself short with these crazy you know like i see somebody say they was trying like $25 an email. And I'm like, why? Like, it's it's really just understanding that like you have to believe in your ability and your skill set enough to really stand on the value that you bring to the table. Um, The second thing would be, it's like always, 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 you should never not be learning and never not be writing. You got to stay on top of, of, of what's going on. Um, Cause you, you can't, you can't help but get better when you're always writing. Like I literally write every single day, even on the weekends when I'm trying not to, but like that caption, that post, that that's all writing. Like you should be writing every day, always getting better. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. Um, like be different. This is an industry dominated by, you know, 40 year old white men. So like, it's okay <laughs> to be yourself 
it'd be different. It's one of the reasons why I choose to use a lot of um, comparisons to like hip hop and why, honestly, musicians, I talk about it. Well, I think I've done maybe one one or two posts, but why musicians are my favorite copywriters. Musicians make you feel something. That's Music is a universal language. That's not by chance. So figure out what makes you different as a copywriter and like walk in that, stand stand in that. And the last thing is every client is not going to like what you create. It is what it is. It doesn't mean what you created was wrong. It's just, you know, I I would I would I like to call myself a recovering people pleaser at times. Cause some I think sometimes even as adults, we have this crazy idea that everybody's gonna love everything we do and everybody's gonna like you. They're not, even if they act like it. They're not. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just it, and I think one. Once you, once as a, especially as a business owner, once you realize that, I mean, you, you'll find your people, you'll find your people when it comes to your audience, you'll find your people when it comes to your support system and everybody that you're, that you're doing business with is not going to be your friend. Some people is transactional. Some people is relational. You have to be able to identify that early, super early where you will waste a lot of time. I think, you know, these are all just applicable things, not just for the copywriting um, folks, but just for, just for everyone. Um, um, just to own who you are, walk in that um, and not be afraid of putting your own um, special sauce on it. Um, Sierra, this has just been phenomenal. Um, we could we could go on. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, I definitely um, yeah, we, we definitely gonna have to do a part two uh, because we definitely want to come back and, and definitely get an update from you on what you're learning with, you know, um, with teaching the game, you know, of, of the copywriting business. And so um, I'm just excited for your future. Um, and just thank you thank so much, you. just personally, just for, you know, just helping me understand writing better captions, understanding copy better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just helped me become just more of a sniper, you know, taking your <laughs> words. <laughs> you're, you're definitely a sniper now. I say that all the time. It's, it's, you're definitely a sniper, though. It's like, you you know who Ashley is talking to and, and what she's talking about and it, for people who don't get it it's not for you it's not, <laughs> it's not <laughs> there you go there you go thank you guys so much for tuning in with conversations with ask ash um sierra tell us when um well tell us where um first and foremost that we can follow you how can we follow up with you um how can people work with you yeah so instagram at sierra say c-i-e-r-r-a-s-e-a-y um if you're so you honestly with this link i'm about to provide um it, it doesn't matter if you're well, it does matter if you're a copywriter who's looking <laughs> to grow their business and you know attract your ideal client, and you don't like being on social media all day like me. Um, you can go to workwithsierra.com, um, and there's a quick free training, and then obviously some information if you want more information on how you can work with me directly. If you are a person who thinks they need copywriting services for right now, st- just DM me. Um, I uh, I keep saying I'm getting rid of it, Ash, but it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like part of me is like just build a course and mm. but the other part of me is like people don't really be going worse okay <laughs> but, <laughs> i can honestly say though i'm i really think i'm enjoying teaching more than i enjoy uh providing the services sure yeah 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 so, oh yeah we'll see but, yeah, all they right can, they can <laughs> We're we just going to DM you. We're going to follow you. We're going to do it and inquire. Um, well, thank you so much, Sarah, for your time. Um, and this is the Conversations with Ask Ash. I can't wait for you guys to uh, tune in um, to the next episode, but definitely stay connected with Sierra and everything that she's doing. And we'll talk soon. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. 
Thank you for listening to Conversations with Ask Ash. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and follow Ashley on social media at Ashley Schuler underscore. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-H-U-L-E-R underscore.